Welcome to the Shape Podcast. We believe that God has designed you for impact. But how do you take the brilliance that is inside of you and turn it into reality? Shape is a place where world changers, culture shapers, and industry leaders will come together to explore the truth that shifting what we believe will shape what we see. We're glad you're here. Well, what is up, Shape family? Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're in for a treat. We've got the professor of clarity. That's right. My main man, the guy that I work with every single day. That's right. We decided this episode, we're going to be looking inside the organization, not outside the organization. I couldn't be more excited about it. Chris Otts, the executive pastor of Antioch Austin, uh, is in the house, and uh, we're going to have an amazing conversation about fighting for clarity. But before I kind of let him introduce himself and you get to know how cool of a dude he is, uh, let me hopefully paint a picture for why what we're going to talk about today is important. I don't know if you felt it, but I definitely did. 2020 and 2021 revealed if you were not clear on everything, you were exposed. If there was any gray area in your organization, in your church, in your business, in your team, that gray area was exploded. If you were not clear on your belief system, if you were not clear about how you felt on a issue, everything that was uncertain and unclear was absolutely highlighted and exploited in 2020 and 2021, which leads me to what I believe is the greatest opportunity that we have as dreamers and visionaries in this day and age is that if we can provide clarity, we can create momentum. Let me say that one more time. If we can provide clarity, we can create momentum. And if there is anything that we all feel that we need and long for and want in light of the great shutdown that was COVID-19, it is that magic word, momentum. And I don't think we need to hope for it. I don't think we just need to wish that we can find it. I actually think that we can create it by fighting for clarity. What Chris does for us here at Antioch Austin is that he helps the chaos nature of passion and vision turn into a plan that has a systematic approach to execution. And he does it better than anyone else I have ever worked with. And uh, so Chris, thanks for taking a few minutes to hang out with us, my man. Man, it's good to be here. I like seeing where uh, where the magic happens. You know, I hear these podcasts all the time, but now I get to see where it goes I'll down. Tell you one thing, uh, just for all of you who can't see because that's none of you because this is a podcast is that we are actually sitting in one of our kids classrooms right now keeping it classy hey keeping it classy here at Antioch <laughs> kids classrooms pattern floor ready oh, to roll so good you have a whiteboard that looks like it hasn't been erased in uh, 10 years but we're working on it uh but Chris thanks so much for uh, taking a time out of your super busy day uh to talk to us and, and where I want us to kind of lean into a little bit bro is One of the things that we've been focusing on here locally is we are clear on our vision, but our pathway to get there is not as clear as our desire even to see happen what we want to see happen. So we've got big ideas. We have big hopes. We have big dreams. But having them does not equate to seeing them. 
And so what we've been doing specifically over the past eight months is we have really been doing the hard work of mining out how do these big things that we hope for, believe in, long to see, become things that we actually all are working towards? Because look, we lead a big organization and I heard it once said that if it's foggy in the pulpit, it's an absolute disaster in the pew. And we have felt that as our organization has grown and we've gone from two employees to over 20 employees in a year, the chaos of rapid growth and the need for communication and clarity only increases. First of all, take us into what is it like to hold a vision and fight for clarity? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, what we realize and what I've realized in, you know, being a visionary of sorts and also working with visionaries is what we're trying to do is take a picture of what they see in their mind and in their heart. Mm. What, What has grown maybe over time has developed and morphed and, you know, really for them in many ways comes intuitive. It's how they see the world. And trying to create that picture outside of their mind to everybody else. So, so let me stop you there because most leaders don't realize that they're leading intuitively. Yes, everybody is intuitive. Yeah, and and but the the challenge is is that your intuition is not replicable. True. So when your organization gets bigger then what you can touch, things begin to break down. They do. They absolutely begin to break down. You know, I had a mentor tell me one time that everybody's intuitive. We're just not all intuitive about the same thing. Yeah. And so what's intuitive to me doesn't necessarily make sense to you. And what is intuitive to you doesn't always make sense to me. So if we're going to work together, then we have to create clarity. And I think that's probably what I realized the the most important thing about before you can create clarity, you've got to create a cohesive team that mm. understands that I see something and you see something. We're trying to, we actually might see the same thing. We just see it different ways. Wow. And so if we can actually explain to each other what we see and how we see it, we'll actually not create problems. We'll create clarity. Wow. Because all I'm doing is create telling you, this is what I see and how I see it. And you're telling me this is what you see and this is how you see it. And if we can understand that, then all of a sudden the picture didn't just get fuzzier. It got clearer because now I understand you. Now, what you just said uh, demands an enormous amount of maturity. And I think this is in the honest conversation of clarity. The, the reason why a lot of visionary leaders resist clarity is because to get to clarity, you have to trust what you just said, Mm -hmm. that we can see the same thing in different ways. And as a visionary leader, speaking for myself, I have to trust that I can't see the whole picture. Yep. Now I have to trust that my team is radically committed to the picture that we all see coming to pass. But if there's any lack of trust, any inkling that you are threatened by the way that someone on your team sees the picture, that becomes a massive enemy for clarity. And what we often do is we will 
shut down the painful process of fighting for clarity and we begin to just keep doing what we've always doing, but without clarity, it's hard to sustain momentum. And momentum is what we're all chasing, no matter what it is. If you're starting a new business or if you're running a church or if you're leading a multi-million dollar organization, we all are looking for how can our people, our organization, our product, our process actually begin to take off and take ground. So we're all chasing momentum, but we can't get there without clarity. Chris, something that you've done for our team is you have created for us a almost a list, if you will, of statements of who we are as a staff culture. Mm-hmm. And, and so the way that we operate as a team is obviously reflective on our church's culture, but we are getting way more specific in our staff culture than we are in our church culture, meaning our yeah. church culture has seven things. We've talked about them. We call them the manifesto. One of them is celebration is our soundtrack. We believe that heaven is a party. And right. so we unapologetically want to invite people into an environment and atmosphere mm-hmm. that, that is exciting and fun. How that plays out in our staff is like five things about celebrating, honoring, and seeing people. So we've really mined out what celebration as our soundtrack is. Why did you have that idea? What was the hole that you saw in our team locally where you were like, hey, we really need to get these these staple, this is our staff culture mantra. Here are our statements that our staff is. Where did that come from? It came uh, honestly from pain and, you know, missed expectations. Sorry. You know, I'm publicly apologizing (laughs) to Chris and to my entire team for all of the pain with the capital P, you know, and it's funny. It's, it's not pain that you created. It's more likely pain that I created because I had uncommunicated and unrealistic expectations based upon what I intuited from celebration as our soundtrack. Mm. When I hear that phrase, this is what it means to me. And this is how I then expect those who work for me to act on it. But what I didn't do was tell anybody. Mm. And so when they didn't do what I expected them to do, I grew frustrated and they grew confused. Wow. Because nobody had talked about what we actually expected. And so we had to understand that if I'm going to hold people to something, I have to let them know what I'm going to hold them to. And rather than, than holding them to it, and, and saying, why didn't you do this? It's saying, actually, let me create for you an understanding of what I expect yeah. and what I want you to do so that you actually know how to succeed. People want to win and people yeah. want to do a good job. Absolutely. And so my job is to create enough understanding so that they know how to win and how to do a good job. You know, my, my dad uh, has this phrase, quote, uh, Papa Griff, as we call him, he says that you only have permission to inspect what you've clearly communicated that you expect. Yep, it's good. And and no group of people can really move forward and grow together unless there's some clear rules for the house. This is how we do this. And when we say this, this is what it means. 
And I think some of the confusion and the chaos that we've all experienced over the past year and a half is that we say the same words, but we mean different things. And that disconnect between what I mean and what you mean has created a lot of pain and a lot of distance. And we don't want that pain and distance to carry on into our teams. We have a phrase around here that we say that Antioch is a fun place to work, but it's not an easy place to work. This is one of those staff culture statements that Chris created. It's a fun place to work. It's not an easy place to work. When when you say that, Chris, what does that mean? You know, it's to me, and really trying to help our staff understand what that means is we want to have fun. We want to laugh. We want to tell jokes. We want to be friends. We want to, we want work to be a place that you actually enjoy being. But this is also a job. Mm -hmm. And there are clear expectations for what we need to do. There are clear expectations on you and that, and we actually have a really high standard for what we're shooting for. Um, You know, we both come from the school of thought that, uh, that people give passes to churches and they can suck. Yeah. And no one, and everyone's like, well, it's a church. Yeah. Well, we, we hate that idea. Yeah. And so we want to be the best at what we do. Absolutely. We want to provide, you know, if we're putting on events, cause we do every single week. Yeah. We want to put on the best events yeah. that capture people's attention because we believe what we're doing is incredibly important. Yeah, absolutely. And so we want to be the best at what we do. So we have really high standards. We're just going to laugh a lot along the way and have a lot of fun with friends doing it, but we're going to hold each other to, to high levels of accountability. And I think that's part of what clarity has to have and cohesive teams have to have is this high level of accountability that, and it's not just top down, it's actually peer to peer. Mm-hmm. That's where this happens best on our team is as we've gotten clearer, what I found is that I, as a one of the primary leaders in our organization, I, I actually have to call people less mm-hmm. the more clear we get yeah. because our team is really clear on what we're going for. Yeah, and good. so we get way more peer accountability, which is an overall just better win for the organization. It creates a healthier environment. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um you know, another one of Chris's money um, statements that he's created for our team uh, is that our goal is excellence. Our goal is not perfection. And one of the reasons why that statement was birthed is that we talk often about doing the best that we can and, and creating the best environment for our kids, for our youth, for our young adults, our college at every age specific ministry that we have, any Sunday gatherings or worship night or anything that we do, that when people come, that they feel overwhelmed at the fact that we went above and beyond so that they would feel loved and seen and to create an environment where there is no distraction so that we can all just focus on who Jesus is and what he wants to do in us and through us in that moment. What we realized is that a lot of the time our team would perceive our desire for excellence with a fear of perfection. And so we had to get clear that when we talk about this, we're not expecting you to be perfect. We're just desiring you and expecting you to give everything that you have. And and it's not about perfection. It's just about excellence. They're not the same thing. 
Not at all. We're, nothing is going to be perfect. We're always going to be able to evaluate and say, man, yep. we wish we would have done yep. that better or that was a miss and or whatever. That's always going to happen. Th- those things are actually welcomed and encouraged. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. another thing that you've done a great job with our team is helping our team understand where failure is not an option and where failure is expected. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's that place of, you know, you need to know where I get to take risk. Yeah. Where I get to try things. Where's my, where's my sandbox? Yeah. And where do I get to experiment with some ideas and, and see how they work? You know, because that's how, you know, that's, that's where creativity happens. Yeah. You know, ingenuity is, it cannot be birthed in a perfectionistic environment. And so we want our teams and our people to, to, to have the next breakthrough. And so we've got to give clear places where risk and failure is not only an option, it's expected. Yeah. We want you to try something new. We want you to do something different. We, we want it to, to potentially not work. We'd actually love it to work, but if it doesn't work, you're not going to get beat up for it. Yeah. Um, but you've also got it, but not every place is that. Yeah. You know, you've got a sandbox. I know where I get to play, but there are places where, no, this is where everything has to be dialed in. Yeah. This is, this has, we have to get this. Yeah. And if every place is a sandbox, then, then what people experience from you is complete chaos. Yeah. And they actually don't know what to expect. And people don't like that. People like to know what to expect. But if, on the other hand, everything has to be perfect, then what you end up doing in, in your employees and the people that, that work with you is you create an anxious environment where people are just constantly looking over their shoulders. They don't bring out their best because, you know, sometimes their best is a new idea and they're afraid to risk on a new idea yeah. because what if it doesn't there, work? There's no innovation if people feel like they can't fail. So what ends up happening, and maybe some of you are experiencing this, where you have teams or team members that you desire for them to take some steps forward in their leadership or whatever it is that they're creating or carrying for you or your organization. And they keep just doing the same things over and over again. They probably don't understand where they can risk and where they can't risk. And so if you want to be an innovative, creative, entrepreneurial, or we use the word in the church, apostolic people, then your teams have to understand where can I fail and where is failure not an option? Because in organizations, we all have both. There are things that have to be executed and things that have to be done because they just have to be done. And then there are areas where we need to innovate and to find new solutions, creative ways to move forward. You know, a big question that we have around here, Chris, is we want to be clear on how do you grow at Antioch? You know, there's a lot of questions that fly around at times within the church world, but the big deal is if you're showing up on a Sunday, or if you're involved in a small group that we call life groups, you have a desire, maybe Mm -hmm. small, maybe big. You want to grow. You want to move forward in God. You want to take steps forward in your marriage, in your relationship. You're, you know, we often say that there's a million reasons why you might come to church, but there's only one that you stay and that's relationships. But the truth is, is that we also have to create a clear pathway for people where they feel like they know how to progress. And so we've developed a clarity place 
where everyone on our team and everyone hopefully in our church can say, I know how to grow. And those are the steps. Yep. And we, we, they don't matter to you, but they matter tremendously to us, which yeah, is encounter, do. matter, grow, uh, belong, and build. And and here's the thing: like, we, if if there is anything that drives me crazy, is how often we have to talk about yep. them. Um, could you just really quickly talk about the importance of rhythm and culture, consistency and culture? Like, how often are you needing to bring up? things that feel like it's all we talk about so that it becomes who we are and not things that we hope that we will be. Yeah. You know, we've probably all heard the phrase vision leaks. Yeah. And really what I think we're trying to say there is we need more clarity. How do I do that now? Yeah. How do I do that now? And it's something people are constantly asking. You know, one of my favorite books on the whole subject of healthy organizations, which is about clarity, is by Patrick Lencioni called The Advantage. And he said, there's, there's, there's something that sets apart a healthy organization. He's like, and he's like, it's really four things that, that make an organization really, really healthy. He's like, one, they have a great team. Two, they create clarity. Three, they over-communicate clarity. Four, they reinforce clarity. <laughs> He's like, they're all about clarity. And, you know, if you've led anything or anyone, mm-hmm. you know, what you've realized is you have to talk about the same thing over and over and over and over and over. And once you feel like you can't even stomach those words anymore, people actually will hear you for the first time. Yeah. And it's just that understanding. It's, you know, as a parent, I understand it. It's like I had to reinforce behaviors in my kids over and over and over before they would actually start doing them. And that's just part of creating clarity. There's so many messages coming at people yeah, that we have to say things over and over and over and over and over because people are bombarded with messages all the time, whether they're on their phone, driving down the road, listening to a podcast, they're getting so much information. And so we need to keep repeating the same simple things that we want people to really grab hold of that we think are going to be most impactful for their life, that is going to help them the most at work, that's going to help them in what they're doing. You've just got to put yourself on repeat and say, you know what, this may drive me crazy some days. Mm-hmm. but this is actually what's going to help them the most. And that's why I'm here. That's right. That's why I'm here is to help people. So I will put myself on repeat and I will say that same thing over and over because that's actually what's going to help. Yeah. And that's what's going to help people move forward most often. And so that's what we do with the steps. Talk about them, find new ways to talk about them, find ways to reinforce them, feel like we're over communicating it till we're blue in the face, but talking about the steps. That's it. Talk about it again and again and again. Yeah. You know, I, I think that the big overarching themes that we hope that you pull from this episode is this, is that you have to fight for clarity. It doesn't come easy. Here's something that I would add to that. You can't rush it because if you rush it, then you ultimately won't like it. And then you won't do the next step, which mm-hmm. is you have to commit to it. Yep. I think we've all been a part of something where we said, all right, you heard, oh, this is it. This is where we're going to talk about these three things until the next three things come up and then the next three things come up. So fighting for clarity takes time. You, I would encourage you to get with your team and spend not just an afternoon, but spend an afternoon a month for a couple of months 
really going, does this really us? Does this really say who we are? What about this? We've often talked about this. I hear this coming up a lot. But this isn't involved. You have to fight for the clarity and you can't rush it. And then after you get clear, then you have to commit to it. Something that we've done around here is we're like, look, all right, the best we know how is that these things that we call our manifesto, these things we call the steps and this aspect of our staff clarity, we are gonna talk about this this way for at least three years. We're not even going to consider changing it because we don't have enough time before three years to know, did it do what we wanted it to do? Did it create the outcome that we wanted Mm -hmm. it to create? Sometimes we give up on things in month three when we haven't talked about it enough to even get it inside of people that they understand how to answer the question, how do we grow here? So you have to commit to it. And then the last thing in clarity is that you have to talk about it. You have to talk about it. Now here, let me say this. Let me jump on a communication box very quickly. Talking about the same thing doesn't mean that you say it the same way. If you say the same things the same way, then it becomes white noise and people don't hear it. The work of a great communicator, the work of a visionary leader, the work of a organizational leader is to fight to find new ways to talk about old things so that they feel fresh to everyone who's hearing them. They reinforce the vision. They reinforce the language because language builds the house and they keep saying it and saying it and saying it until they hear their teams saying it. When you walk into a room and your teams are using the language, you're almost there. You're not there, but you're almost there. So when you're fighting for clarity, don't rush it. When you're fighting clarity and you get it, commit to it and then talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. Chris, thanks so much for spending some time helping us see the power uh, behind really fighting for clarity in the midst of chaos. And hey, it matters so much that you would just take about one second, click that subscribe button, maybe even leave a comment, rate the podcast. It helps us get this on more platforms that can help more people. Hey, until next time, stop waiting and start shaping.